Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. Some talk shows think all of their opinions are right. This one, this one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbrey is a no-nonsense, well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen. Is this guy for real? Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a dab of national and world politics and a little pop culture and maybe some real-life common sense. This, this is, is Perception is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbrey. Seven whole days. That's right. Seven whole days or seven short days. If that's what you want to say, seven short days, that's one week. Man, that's not a lot of time. Only one week. And actually, it's like seven days and three hours if you count it down right to the recording. I'm recording this as I say these words at 9.55 p.m. on Saturday, August 24th, 2019. So you might be listening to this yet this evening when this episode drops, when it airs, which means I should probably go ahead and put the shameless plug in now. The podcast, Perception is Reality, with Christopher H. Bilbrey, airs on all of your favorite podcast hosting sites, but you can always find it at the home station of perception.fireside.fm. Welcome to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. I am your host. Thank you for joining me on this very special 33rd episode of the podcast. Thank you very much for being here, for tuning in, and for giving the show a listen. Hopefully you're listening to it Saturday evening, so we have a little more than seven days. If you're listening to this on Sunday the 25th, then we have right at seven days. And if you're listening to this after Sunday the 25th, then you'll have to do the math. Basically, starting August 25th, which is a Sunday... Apparently, I only have seven days left. That's one week. I I don't know what that means exactly. Maybe we can learn what that means together. Let me clue you in on what I'm talking about. After the audio and video episodes of the last week, I received a friend request on social media from a Nick Rublick, R-O-U-B as in boy, I. Q is in Queen, U-E. And I get this friend request, and I looked at the profile, 
And of course, the profile had just been created like the day before. And the guy looks like he's probably in his mid to late 30s, although it says he was born November 11th, 2000, which would put him at like 19 at the recording of this show. And the profile pictures and everything didn't look right. He took a picture apparently on Wednesday of this real pretty setting. It looks like a valley, kind of like maybe Lake Cumberland, but yet the leaves and the trees are all off, so stuff just doesn't match up. And Friday, I get a message, a private message from this person who says, hey, I love your show. I've been listening. I think it's great. I'd like to talk to you. And I thought, okay, you know, that's great. <clears throat> make, an, make an effort, <laughs> and, and I'll talk to you. I'll talk to anybody. Anybody's free to call me at 765-546-9796. We can talk on record, off record. You can be on the show. Whatever you want to do. All right, I'm open. So, I don't do anything because I think this guy's probably the same person that James Calvert is and the same person that Ellen Korn is and the same person that Hannah Cannon is. You know, they're all the same person. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. I just think it's all the same person, Nora Powell. Which is fine if she wants to contact me through these aliases. I mean, it's a little strange, but this is not the first time that this kind of stuff has happened. This is not the first time that people have used fake profiles and fake emails and fake phone numbers to call me and say a whole bunch of weird crap, possibly even threatening. So, it is what it is, and I'm like, all right, we'll see how much effort they put into this. So then today, the day of the recording of this, because I know that you might be listening to this at another date, so the date of this recording is, again, Saturday, August 24th, I get an email from this person, and the email is simpleman. 8783 at gmail.com simpleman8783 at gmail.com and Nick Rublick says the following I've been listening to your podcast for a while while I work I do landscaping when I got home the other night I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw something that caught my eye. It was a YouTube video slandering you, and they linked a document in the description. I had hardly thought it was something to even look at, but then I started to worry when they said, quote, Bilberry is ending on the first, quote. Please take a look at the video or something. I worry for you and really don't want you to come to a downfall. Sincerely, Nick Rublick. But he didn't choose to send me the freaking link? What? I was scrolling through Facebook the other night when I just had created it to troll you, and something caught my eye. It was a YouTube video slandering you. I probably made the YouTube video. 
I didn't really know if I was Nick Rublik or James Calvert or Ellen Korn or Hannah Hand Banana Cannon. What well, you know. <laughs> But then this person goes on to tell me that Bilberry is ending on the 1st. I don't know what the hell that means. To you people out there in podcast land, what does it mean when they would say Bilberry is ending on the 1st? Because, my God, that's only seven days. That means you have, depending on when you're listening to this, you could be one of the people that's on vacation and you might be listening to this show on September 2nd. Holy shit! I could be ended by now. When you are listening to this, I could be ended. I don't know what that means. I have no plans for the show to be ended. I have no plans for the podcast to be ended. I certainly have no plans to be dead. So, I just thought I would kind of start the show off with this email. Nick Rublick, if you want to see a screenshot of this email, you can go to Facebook, and the Facebook is Christopher H. Bilbury, Perception is Reality Podcast. That's at facebook.com backslash bilberry318. So I'll put it up there. You'll be able to see it, and we can go from there. But before I'm ended and before we get into the show, I do have to say I have a big-name guest who will be appearing on the very next episode, episode 34 it will be airing on Tuesday, the 27th. Oh my God, I'll only have five days from that point. So I'll uh, hope you'll all tune in because, you know, <laughs> Bilberry apparently is ending on the 1st. Okay, so what is today's episode about since apparently we don't have much time and there is much work to be done what are we talking about today? And simply what we're talking about is positive. It's about the community. And I always say you can't spell community without unity, and you can't spell unity without you. Now, I don't know if that's Y-O-U, but you can certainly make it that way, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to put you and me and you and you and you and all of us in community. We want to be part of the community. Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Green Party, people who don't give a shit. We all want to be a part of the community and we all want the community to work for us. The question is... Do our local officials want the community to work for us? Do the local officials want the best for the community? Or do our local officials want the best for them inside the community? Some could argue that there are officials out there or candidates that want to be officials that do want the best for the community. And I think that's probably right. I think that's probably fair. 
and I was talking to a gentleman that's quickly becoming a friend of mine last night, and we both come up to the agreement that generally the folks that want the best for the community are, and they are out there and they do run, they generally win races for offices that don't really matter. They're not the people who are council and mayor and commissioner and county council or state representatives because those people are generally the people that play the games. And that's sad to say, and hopefully we can change that. That's the whole premise behind this show. So, you know, we need to start working towards changing it. And it's going to take everybody on board. It's all hands on deck. It's an all skate, Jimmy. You know, we all need to be helping each other out. To be engaged, to be active, to hold our candidates and our officials accountable and if we can't to vote their asses out you know in the last couple episodes we've talked about abuses and about power hungry officials and police officers and appointed officials and so on and that all stems from selfishness tonight though I want to talk about politicians and how their priority should be the good of the community, which is what you want and what I want. That's our priority, or it should be, the good of the community. I want the community to be better tomorrow than it was today. I want the community to be better for my children than it is for me. I want the community to be good right now, don't get me wrong. But I want the community to be better in 10 years than it is right now. That's something I've said about Winchester a lot. You know, looking at this election cycle compared to the election cycle four years ago, is Winchester better off? worse off or the same than what we were four years ago going into the 2015 general election for those office holders to take office in January 2016. And I can say emphatically, Winchester is worse off in August of 2019. We are worse off than we were in August of 2015. And, you know, who's to blame? Certainly, the politicians shoulder some of that blame. The community shoulders a lot of that blame because they don't stand up and demand things that we should demand. That's what we're trying to overcome. We want to work together for the betterment of the community. And we really need all hands on deck. So just after this short break, let's talk about this and see just what we can come up with. Can we put the U back in unity and unity in community? Can we do that? 
You're listening to Perception is Reality. I'm Christopher H. Bilbrey. We'll be right back. And now, Perception Perception is Reality reality. with your host, Christopher Christopher H. Bilbrey. I always feel like somebody's watching me and I have no privacy. I always feel like somebody's watching me. Tell me, is it just a dream? When I come home at night, I lock the door real tight. People call me on the phone I'm trying to avoid. Can people on TV see me or am I just paranoid? <coughs> sorry, I didn't know we were uh, back on live there. Okay, well, I'm um, sorry. Okay, so, uh, whoa. All right, uh, episode 33, folks. Let's get into it. So, before the break, we were talking about community, and the good and the bad, and what you all want, and what I want, of course, and what is it that our elected officials want? What is it that they want, whether we're talking about Indianapolis, or New York, or Muncie, or Winchester, whether we're talking about Sean Byram, or Lisa Friend, or Nora Powell, or Dan Reidenauer, or Dan Cannon, or Jim Carrey, you know, way back when, in those days, you know, we we have a uh, Mayor David Dominic, who is a fan of the show, he's been on the show as a guest, what does people like that want? What do we want in our local communities? Whether you live in your small community your little town or village in Wyoming, or if you live in big Houston, Texas, or if you live in the county in Colorado, what is it that we as people all need? You know, like I said, we've talked about abuse, we've talked about power, we've talked about corruption, we've talked about the abuse of power and corruption and all of that. Sucks. I'm done with that for a moment community. What's good for the community? You know, it would be safe to say that what's good for the community would be good for the politician. If you've got somebody who runs for city council or county council or city clerk and they do really well in the job, they don't cause many blunders, and they really fight for the rights of the citizens, and they really fight to make the community a better place, maybe they hold that seat a couple of terms. Maybe they decide to run for mayor. Maybe the mayor does really well, and he paves the roads, and he appoints a good and fair and honest police chief that leads over a good police force and crime rates are down and response times are up and community policing is something that people know about. Not good policing to try to do away with all the dirt. Not, hey, look what we can do with our right hand as our left hand punches you down and breaks your collarbone. You know, not that, not our officials being carted off to the federal penitentiary for crimes, not 
our mayors working as elected mayors, and during the working day when people would need the mayor, they're really off teaching 7th grade social studies and collecting that mayor check. That's not what's good for the community. That certainly is not going to foster relationships of people coming in. How in the hell... Are we supposed to build on economic advancement for the future if right now businesses can't get a hold of our mayor in Winchester? Is he thinking what's good for the community? Or is he thinking about what's good for him? You know, I'd like somebody to ask him that. I'm not on trial here. I'm not doing anything illegal. Were you sure of that? Are you sure of it? It's just, ah, I don't, I don't know, man. Examples of somebody doing something good for the community that might not be good for them as an elected official. And I'm going to, I'm going to say this here and some people are going to go, ah, God. All right. Doug Marshall is the Muncie City Council president. Say what you will about him. He's just saying all of this because he's running for election. It's too little too late. I get all that. That's all fair statements. You can make those statements, and I will not blast you for that because that's all very good possibility. Ralph Jigger Smith is probably going to beat Doug Marshall in this November election in Muncie. And he probably deserves to. I appreciate the work Doug is trying to do now, but is it too little too late? But, here's the deal. He did step down from the finance committee and appointed a Republican in his place. So now, that committee, at least for four more months is a bipartisan board. That is a good action that benefited that board and benefited the community and benefited everybody but honestly Doug. Now, yeah, he got a little bit of benefit out of it because people are patting him on the back for it. I know there are plenty of people saying, ah, that's just a political hack trick that he's doing and it doesn't matter, it's too little too late. And you certainly can make that argument. I will not stop you from saying that. I'll probably agree with you a little bit. But for those that are saying, yeah, Doug, you're the man. You did this. That's the plan. Doug, Doug, he's our man. If he can't do it, no one can. All right, I get I get that. I get that. That's where I'm saying things that might not look good for the politician but are good for the community turn out to be good for the politician in the long run. So if you put that against Professor Sean Byram, who is supposed to be our mayor and supposed to be working for the city of Winchester, but instead he's off teaching 7th graders about the Boston Tea Party, something I feel like he really knows not much about. We have to ask ourselves, what is the community gaining there? Yes, I know, Sean's not in it to screw it up. But 
That's not what he was elected to do. So shame on him, and shame on any of you that think that that's a good idea, and I know there aren't many. We've got Missy Williams stepping down from the city council in Winchester. That was definitely good for the community because she was a horrible, horrible counselor, and she was horribly conflicted and had massive conflicts of interest occurring conflict of interest but honestly to be a good leader and to be in a position where your community can be the best it can be and the citizens can thrive feeling as though they're welcome to participate and that they matter and that they're wanted to be involved then we need officials that put the community first. The community must come first. It must come ahead of the self. It must come ahead of the party, whether that's the Democrat or Republican Party. It must come first ahead of friends And then I'll say the self again, because as an elected official, it seems like there are a lot of them who really continue to circle back to the self. But almost more bizarre than that is the party. You know, in Delaware County, to give you an example, and your county may be very similar, The Delaware County candidates that want to run in the Democrat Party have to pledge loyalty and allegiance to Phil Nichols and 214. It's almost like the Masonic rituals, and you have to go through this solemn oath where they bind you up and you're blindfolded and hoodwinked. That's a good term, because from the top down, they are hoodwinking you, the public, and every bit of us. And that's why it's so easy for them to tell their followers and others that people like myself and people like all of you are crazy when we talk about wanting to be involved and we're crazy when we talk about wanting transparency and we're crazy when we talk about wanting to better government through citizen involvement and those people are disgusting I'm sorry but no party and no man is ever coming before my love of my God my country, my family, you know, and I'm sorry, but that goes for Phil Nichols in Delaware County and far-left Fred Davis in Randolph County. You know, seeing both of these gentlemen, it's, it's, it's comical because I'll give Phil credit. He knows politics. He understands the optics. He understands the game. He just puts that to evil use. 
I'm attempting to be the counterpoint to his nonsense. But honestly, it takes more than me. It takes all of you, but it takes officials, which means it takes candidates to be willing to put the party on the back burner and to put their self on the back burner and to put their deals and their professional courtesies on the back burner and the community and the job has to be the number one priority. That has to happen in order to put the you back in unity and the unity back in community. It's time, folks. People want it. We just have to have enough people stand up and say, okay, it is time. The community has to come first. That's just the job. But I understand the party has to play a big role in there. And there's nothing wrong with the party playing a role. It just can't be the primary role. But let's look at what's even best for the party. Because I'm even willing to say that these people that are pushing party, 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 Democrat Party, Republican Party, 214, blah, 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 even those people, their actions hurt the party. Let's look at Sean Byram, okay? For all of you, whether you're in Indiana or not, tell me what you think about this. Think if you had a mayor who was supposed to be being the mayor during the day, taking appointments, speaking out for the city, and doing what he can to foster good community love within the community, whether he's a Democrat or a Republican, okay? And so because he loses an election, which he was running, trying to break the promise that he had given the community just three years before, saying that he would fulfill his four years, he's running for office, he loses, and then he immediately checks out. He's not been a good mayor. He's never been a good mayor, but he's not been a mayor in the last year. But in the last five or six months, he's become a holy terror. Well, what happens is that affects his party because what Sean should do is he should resign his seat. If he did that, since he's a Democrat, the Democrats would get to caucus their candidate in. And guess who it would probably be? It would more than likely be the candidate currently running as a Democrat, Bill Richmond. So if Sean stepped down, that sure would hurt himself, but it would help the party and it would help the Democrat candidate running for mayor, Bill Richmond. But does Sean care about that? No, because he's no longer a mayor who cares about his duty to his community. He's no longer a good Democrat if there's such a thing, that cares about his party. And so he's not going to step down because he's got the best of both worlds. He's hurting the party, 
and he's ruining the chances of Bill or any other Democrats to get in this time. I don't know what he's doing. Look in Muncie at Nora with all of the rumors and all of the innuendo and all of the crap. I've asked her to resign. She's not going to do it. She said no on the record. And she's hurting herself. She's hurting the community. She's hurting her party. But 214 are gluttons for punishment. So we'll see. Also, it appears as though a lot of voters in Muncie are gluttons for punishment. In Winchester, for that fact as well. And probably where you live in your neck of the woods, whether you're in Indiana or Colorado or Alaska. And that's what we have to overcome. We have to work on that. When politicians continue to hurt the party by selfish actions, the party should take action. Unless the party puts politicians over the community, I understand that politicians put themselves over the community. And I understand that politicians put the party over the community. What I want to know is, can we survive in 2019 and on where the party continues to put themselves and the candidates above the community or allow candidates to put themselves above the party? Nobody can make Sean or force Sean to resign. He could be asked. I've asked him before to resign. He said no. The people could ask him to resign. Who knows what would happen if he did that. But think if his party asked him to resign. If his party asked him to resign, what would he do? He would lose his shit. I don't know what he would do. I don't think he would resign. I don't think he would do right by them. Who knows? I, I, I don't know. I dare the Democrat Party in Randolph County to ask him that. Let's talk about parties and self-harm, man. We've got the Randolph County Democrat and Republican parties who have made vows not to talk to me or not to talk to those that they don't like. And all that's doing is hurting themselves. That's really a low point. And it's, it's nonsensical. Honestly. Politicians are public servants. Therefore, candidates are public servants in training. Okay? By the nature of what it is, the community should be priority one. And that's just the bottom line. Because any other way that it's looked at in any other formula where you have the candidate out in front or the party out in front, the community doesn't just suffer a little bit, they suffer a lot. You can see that in many areas, and that's why we have to come together, we have to get engaged, 
We have to be active. We have to understand who the candidates are. We have to ask them the tough questions. We have to hear the tough answers. And we have to be willing to work for the people that we support. Because that's what it's going to take. And you know what? You're going to vote for somebody. And you're going to get someone in office who you're going to have to switch up on and say, guess what? I hate that I got you here. And I'm working to unelect you. And that's part of being an adult within politics, understanding that you can change your mind. You reserve the right to do whatever it takes to make your community the best place possible. And if that means going after the people that you put in office, then that's what you've got to do. I've done that plenty of times. I would love to heap praise after praise after praise on all my officials. The officials in Winchester, the people in Muncie. But the fact is, folks, they just don't deserve it. You know, it's not that hard. It's not rocket science what's going on here. It's just politics. And there's a lot of gray in the world. But politics, honey, it's just black or white. It is or it is not. And if it is not, meaning it is not good for the community, then it's got to get stepping. We just are to the point where, as a community, as your community, as an entity, this group, we have to say we're done putting up with the bullshit. That's just that. That's that's all I can say about it. Now, I don't know if because I'm speaking out, these people want to have me chopped up and sent off. I don't know if they want to bury me in a backyard someplace. I don't know if I'm going to suicide myself or... If I'm going to all of a sudden become a large cocaine dealer and be sentenced to 70 years in prison, I don't know. And you know why that is? Because I'm speaking out about people and I'm telling the truth. And that's causing the people that I'm speaking out about to run the risk of losing their positions that are so coveted. We have people who are actually giving up their employment to stay in part-time elected positions. That's happened on a multitude of times. And do you ever ask yourself, why? Do you ever say, wait a minute, this seems funky? Well, it means you got to be getting something back. There's got to be something that you're getting from the job. It's maybe self-admiration. Maybe it's community admiration. Maybe it's a sense of entitlement. I don't know. Maybe it's power. Oh, snap. He brought it back around to episode 32. Power. 
That's what it is, folks. These people get a taste of power, and it clouds their judgment. Now, not everybody. Some people really mean what they say, and they say what they mean. And they're good people, and they're good candidates, and therefore they win an election. And they become the county auditor, or the county assessor, or some other piddly position. And I don't mean that. I mean those positions are important, and we need them, or else we shouldn't have them. But we do need them. But it just doesn't carry the same weight as being the executive branch, being the mayor, or the county commissioners, or the legislative representative branch. You know, not every position is a do-or-die, make-or-break office. And that's just the truth. That might not be pretty to say. People might not like it. They might think I'm belittling the people in those offices like recorder and so on and so forth. But those are important jobs. They're just not the same thing as the council or the mayor. You know, and that's that's that. And all I'm saying is... Generally, you're not seeing the people who are the best people in these positions where we need the best people because their throats get cut and they don't make it to the top. And so we're stuck with this corruption. Or are we? You know... I've got two thoughts on this. We can continue screaming and protesting and making a difference until things are different. Or we come to the realization that this is how it is. Team A or Administration A gets in, and they could be Democrat or Republican, it doesn't matter, and they do well for the first year or whatever, and then things start wobbling off. And then we have to call them out, and we rally against them, and then the next time we get team or administration B in, and these people are going to be the saviors of the community. And they are for a little bit, but then after a while, they start in with the same old shenanigans, and that's why we go back and forth, and that's why we have the checks and balances, and that's why it's good to have multiple parties but you know what none of it matters if we don't keep the people in check by us being involved it takes you and it takes me and it takes us working together in unity for the community and that's it that's the bottom line and if the politicians are good, we praise them. And if they're bad, we hold their feet to the fire. And that's just it. If there's a Democrat in office and you're a Republican and the Democrat does a good job, tell that Democrat they did a good job or vice versa. If it's a Republican and you're a Democrat and they do a good job, tell them. But I tell you what, if there's a Democrat in office, or a Republican in office, or a Libertarian in office, and they're doing something crazy, 
You better believe I'll bust their ass out. And that is the name of the game. That is politics. Perception. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Okay, so coming up on Tuesday, August 27th, 2019's episode, it's going to be episode number 34, we have a huge guest who will be on the show. It's a big name, and it's going to be a controversial episode. But I want everybody to have an open mind. I want everybody to tune in, and I want everybody to try and take something away from the interview. That'll be episode 34 this coming Tuesday, August 27th, 2019. Stay tuned for that. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. All right. Well, that's another episode in the books or in the can, as they say. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you pass it around to everyone that you know. Continue to pass around that they can find us at all of their favorite podcast hosting sites or specifically at perception.fireside.fm. Depending on when you listen to this, we have seven or less days left, I guess until Bilberry ends on the first, whatever that means. But I don't know. In case we do end, God bless, take care of one another, and we'll hope to talk to you soon, I guess. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com. Or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember, perception Perception is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.